Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello, everyone, and thank you again for tuning in to the 50th Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I can't believe I've got 50 of these under my belt, and we are over 10,000 total uh, listens now to the podcast, and I hear people all the time referring to it, and it it seems to be making a difference in some people's lives, and I really appreciate that. I appreciate all the feedback I get, and I am glad to hear that uh, it does help people. And I want to send a, a, a shout out to a couple of my guys that listen to it, Bryce and, and Bobby, and they let me know that uh, when I say something, they they try to figure it out and they they laugh along with us because they know what I'm talking about. So thank you guys for listening. I know several of my guys and and girls listen to it. You know, kind of brings up a a thought. One of uh, Bryson, who is one of our technicians, is uh, really hungry to learn more knowledge. He's he's actually done, we have an online um, program that our guys go through for online training, and we have technical training too, but Online is, you know, a lot on their phone or their iPad. And and, uh, Bryson has gone through more of the online training than any employee I've ever had. And it just shows me a lot about what he wants. He wants something more. He wants something different. He told me the other day he wants to be he wants to be the guy that people come to him and say, ask the questions. How do you do this? What would you do here? He wants to be respected in that way. So you know, he's only been with me a couple of years, He, uh, but he's very engaged and, um, you know, hasn't been easy for him. He's, he's had some setbacks. Uh, he's had some things go in his face. He's a young guy, young father, young husband. Uh, the, the actual certification was tough, but this kid stays with it. He stays right there. He's always got a good attitude. He's always a joy to be around. Um, and he also stands up for people when things are not right. He will stand up for that person. I saw him do it or heard about him doing it to a, a guy that was being mean to one of our technicians driving by this Guy was being rude to our technicians and yelling at him, and, and Bryson stood up and, and had his back. So, um, hey, man, I, I'm watching you. I appreciate you. I, I, I think you're doing great work, and I'm so glad that you're on our team. Uh, this week uh, in chocolate, we it was Valentine's Day, and so, uh, the gosh, the doors stayed just full of people. It was amazing. I feel like I've got a tiger by the tail with this chocolate thing. I'm, I'm working 16, 18 hours a day. Sometimes I'm over 100 hours a week right now, uh, and it's, it's amazing. We've got a new pastry chef that has started with us, and she's helping us out a lot. We lost our guy, Stuart, who helped us start it. We brought him in on a temporary contract to help us get launched. He did an amazing job helping us get launched, and then he went on to do some other things. So now we're launching it was one thing. Now uh, handling it is another thing. So just so you know what I did today. Today, I um, it's a Sunday. I went in and uh, wanted to practice with some hot chocolates. So I've put... Uh, 
I put some, uh, with dark chocolate, I put some ghost pepper oil in a batch and then I kept amping it up till it was really hot. And then I put some Carolina Reaper oil in it and I'm going to be working with some habanero oils to make some really hot chocolate bars and maybe some hot chocolate bonbons. So if you like hot, stay tuned. We will uh, we will be having those on our poppyandpeep.com website. I want to become the Nashville hot chicken of chocolate. So I will, I'm going to work on that because when you really taste something that's like that, that's really good, but that hot, it's an experience, right? You've take someone on a journey that is, you know, how can you handle it? You know, I've seen some of these one chip challenges and a lot of these uh, Carolina Reaper pepper things, but I've got a customer, a custom customer that wants us to make, you know, melt your face off chocolate. And so (laughs) I don't know that I can, I don't like hot stuff that much, but I know I'm learning how to make some really hot chocolate. So that's, that's been fun. I wanted to talk about, I just recently had another, um, uh, a new client come in through Blue Collar University, and we I have one about every couple weeks, uh, people that come through, and you know on day one, we show them how we do everything. We give them a full tour. We introduce them to all of our people. We show them how we do everything, any standard operating procedures, employee handbooks, policies, anything that we have, commission structures, anything that we have, they can have, they, they can take if they want. And use it for their business. And day two, we work on their business. And we work through everything like State of the Union, how their business really is, what are their roadblocks, what are their successes. You know, you kind of do a breakdown of a strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats in their business or a SWOT analysis. And that's always fun for them. You know, it's through their eyes. It'd be different if I were on site. I might find some other, other things to talk about. But through their eyes, how do we fix it? It's always handy when they bring more people with them. Um, I, I accept up to five people at this from a company, and it's interesting to get everybody's take on it. That's where it really gets a lot of uh, traction. And uh, one of my favorite things I do on the second day is the perfect day exercise. And if you've been listening to this podcast, I've talked about it a few times. I talked about it early on when I talked about uh, Cheeto and um, him that, you know, his experience with uh, what he wanted out of life and how life changing that was for him. But I do it a lot. And um, I had two recently uh, that were very different. One, you know, so I ask detailed questions, you know, I say, hey, what, you know, what do you want, you know, when you wake up, what time do you wake up? And they give me a time. What do you eat for breakfast? Literally, what do you, what do you, on your perfect day, a Saturday, you don't have to work and life is right. You got the business right. You got life right. What does it feel like? And, you know, they might tell me, you know, what do you eat for breakfast? And, you know, it's going to be eggs and bacon or just a coffee or whatever. And, um, and then we go to, you know, what their house looks like, what, um, you know, what are they sitting in? What are you looking at your back door at on your patio? Are you looking at a pool, a, a lake, a mountainside? Uh, are you in a neighborhood? Like, what do you what do you want? And we go through the details. How big is the house? What is what? You know, what is it one story? Is it two story? Is it three story? Um, does it have a garage? Does it have a, 
you know, what does it have? What do you have in the garage? What's the car? What's the truck? What's it look like? What's the color of it? Um, what toys do you have in there? Where is it? You know, sometimes people want to live in a different state. And, uh, you know, what do you do, you know, in the mid-morning, in lunch? And then and I literally ask the questions, what do you have for lunch? And a lot of people want to go hiking. They want to, do, you know, go to a movie. They go to, you know, all kinds of different things. Everybody's dream is very different. But everybody's dream is more realistic than you think. Well, I was doing this with a a, um, a lady the other day. And I was asking her, you know, what does she really want? Where does she want to live? What is? And, and she started getting very uncomfortable. And I could tell her eyes are really getting kind of big. And I'm like, you know, am I, do you not want to talk about this? And she's like, well, I just don't think like this, you know. I really just want to travel. And I don't really worry about material things. And I don't worry about any, you know, of these kind of things you're asking about. I'm like, okay. I said, well, what do you really want out of this business? And she said, I've never really thought about it. I, I always just wanted it for him. And it was my other, my, you know, it was a husband and wife team. I, I've always been in it just for him. And she really started crying. And it, I think it was, um, it was eye opening. And I said, well, then let's, let's be done talking about this. Uh, I want to, uh, this is supposed to be a fun thing. And but I think it just opened his eyes and her eyes too as to you know she's really giving all and I talked about this last week at the Do the Damn Thing conference where a lot of these women uh, really give everything for the husband and they kind of put themselves second and if you're a lady out there listening or even a guy and, and their wife is really putting herself second make sure that's good for everybody and and there's not going to come a time where she feels like you know, that it's, she passed up her life. And, um, you know, so this, this lady, you know, we, we worked through some things and it was a good experience this last week. Um, it was just one person from this business and we, we did the perfect day exercise and sometimes people get excited and they just cannot wait to do it. Some people can absolutely see their life when uh, different, when I do this, um, one time, and I think I talked about it on a previous episode, but one time I was doing it with an accountant and he was starting a, um, a handyman service and he, I know I talked about this before, but I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it again. You know, I said, what, you know, what time do you wake up? And he said, you know, six o'clock in the morning. I said, what time do you normally wake up? He said, five thirty. I said, okay, so you sleep in 30 minutes. And I said, uh, you know, what do you eat for breakfast? And he said, sweetened oat cereal. And I started laughing. I said, does that mean on a normal day you just eat unsweetened oat cereal? And he said, yes. And uh, his his dream was very conservative. And I asked him what kind of car he drive. He's, he would drive. And he said, a, a Honda Accord. And I said, you know, didn't you pull up in a Honda Accord? And he said, no, I pulled, it was a Honda Civic. The Accord was $15,000 more or something. So his dream was very conservative. Well, this person the other day, he had a, he said, I want to live in, you know, about a 3,000 square foot house in North Carolina on about 100 acres. So we literally 
you know, it seemed really big for him. But I looked up about, you know, how much that house would be in that area, how much 100 acres would be. And he's probably about 750000 to a million dollar dream. So then I went to a mortgage calculator and I said, okay, what is that? What is that if you do it on a 30 year loan with 20% down? It's $4,000 a month. He said, really? That's $4,000 a month? And I said, yeah. I said, let's do it on a 15 year, $6,000 a month. He's like, wow. I said, see, that's not out of the realm of what you could do with your business and investments and, and doing everything that you're doing. And it wasn't, you know, it might've been double what he's doing now, but we had a plan on how to bring him double or triple what he's making now. And he literally said, I had no idea that that was that and that I could do that. I said, man, I think you can do it in the next five to eight years for sure. He got excited. He got for sure excited. The point of what I'm talking about is, have you ever done that? Have you ever put your dreams out there, literally write them down and say what you really want and find out the real number that you're talking about? And a lot of people are very conservative. Let's just say it's a vehicle that you really want or a house, a certain kind of house or who knows what. Break it really down to what does that mean per day? What does it mean per year? What does it mean, you know, could you achieve it in the next five years if you do something different? What will you need to do different to get that different result? I really think that... um, We just shortchange ourselves so bad by living day to day and we just get in the grind. We won't look too far forward because it hurts because you don't think it's achievable. But I promise you, if you will write down what you want and you and you put a plan together to get it, that that can happen. I mean, again, let's just say you want to make ten thousand dollars more a year and you work, say, an average of 200 days a year. That's $50 more a day will give you a $10,000 raise. So how do you get $50 more a day in what you do? Well, you might not be able to in what you do. Maybe you can work some extra hours. Maybe you could sell some things. Maybe you could do some buy sell stuff on Facebook. Maybe you could, you know, if you're paid on commission, maybe you can literally focus on, you know, selling a few more things or focusing on making sure that you're making the most out of every opportunity. Maybe you could take an extra, you know, like we, you know, ask and see if anybody needs somebody to pick up, pick up a job for them or do extra work. Again, $10,000 raise is about $50 a day if you're working 200 days a year. So again, if you want a $20,000 raise, how do you make $100 more in a, on your working day? $100 is not that hard to make um, depending on what you're doing. Can you do more? Could you work a couple hours at night doing something else for 100 bucks? Like really break it down and how bad do you want it? Most people have it pretty comfortable and they really don't want it that bad. Are you willing to work 100 hours a week? Now, again, you can't keep that up. And you again, you can run yourself totally ragged and miserable and everything. I'm, I never want you to work hard for a long time, but I believe you have to work super hard in spurts to get something different. 
You know, I've, I've used the analogy in the past that it's kind of like being in orbit. You know, your life right now is kind of like an orbit around the earth and you're just going around it in a certain orbit and you're pretty comfortable with it and you pretty much understand the orbit and you're probably going to stay in that orbit unless you do something very very differently and when you do something differently it's like a rocket engine you know if you want to get to a different higher orbit you've got to blast the engines you've got to use a ton of energy to get to another higher orbit well during that it's terrible. You're burning a lot of fuel. You're burning a lot of energy. You might be spending a lot of money. You're spending a lot of time to rocket yourself to another orbit. But it, but if that's what you want, you're going to have to do that. And, and then you can then spin at a higher orbit. Every time we've grown the business, at every million dollars more that we make as a business, life gets better for everybody. Literally everybody in the company, when I grow the business, everybody does better, including me, but all the people do too, that um, can take advantage of the things that we are putting in place. Last night uh, was a Saturday night, and uh, you know I'd been working most of the day in the chocolate, and the kitchen, we were just having so much uh you know, so much production that the kitchen was getting kind of dirty and the floors were getting a little sticky and, and just, you know, we were slinging a lot of chocolate. And so last night, you know, I'm down on my hands and knees, you know, scraping, scraping the floors before we clean them just to get everything up. And I'm, I'm down on my knees and scraping and just getting the stuff up. And, you know, (laughs) it reminds me of a, of a saying that my friend Darren Bebo had one time and, um, I called him on the phone. One time my production manager was not in who normally places all of our orders. So he normally places all the orders. So it's very rare for me to pick up the phone and place an order, but he was gone. We need to order something. Well, I called Darren's company and he's got a really big company. He's not the guy answering the phones, but sure enough, he answered the phone to, on the order line. So I said, Darren, he's like, Mark. I said, what are you doing answering the phones at your place? He's like, what are you doing calling me? <laughs> and I said, uh, man, I uh, I just needed to place an order. My guy's out. And he goes, man, you know, sometimes when you're living the dream, you got to keep it real. And last night when I was scraping floors uh, and I was already tired and hurting. And, and again, I'm putting, putting in about 100 hours a week. I said that to myself. Sometimes when you're living a dream, you got to keep it real. And sometimes the work is tough. And But I, again, have a big goal in mind. We are launching something that takes a lot of energy and a lot of money. And I'm okay with it. As long as I'm going to hand it off and I'm going to hire people and I'm going to raise people up and I'm going to benefit the community and I'm going to benefit people not just for me to create a job to to, to do more and more. So if you're out there and you're listening, always have it in the mind. No problem, work hard now, hand off as fast as you can to grow the company. And that's for me, as as fast as I can hand everything off. Uh, I don't have to be making a lot of money. In fact, I don't have to be making any money at it right now to hand off. Sometimes when people are growing businesses, they're really scared to hand off because they're not making great money now and why hire somebody to pay them when you're not making money and you could even make less 
But I promise you that's how in most service-based businesses you're going to grow it. If you've got people that you need to scale with, the only way you're going to do it is to grow people and put yourself second on the money train. Pay them and you grow the goose that lays the golden eggs. Now, at first, you're just feeding the goose, feeding the goose, and other people are taking the eggs. But there's going to come a time when it produces so many golden eggs that everybody can benefit from it. As we were working in Blue Collar uh, University the other day with this technician, you know, when I first talked to him, he's like, I said, what do you want out of this? He goes, I want to be the largest chimney company in the United States. And he's a pretty young guy, about I think about 35. And I said, great. I said, let's let's plan that out and let's scale that and let's see what that looks like. Well, you know, we did an organizational chart about how big he is now. And then we started scaling it and adding people and adding trucks. You have to buy two trucks this year and three trucks next year and six trucks year after. And you're going to have to add these people and you're pretty soon going to have to move into a new building and you're going to have to add this and going to be hiring nine people this year. And, and he's, he started breathing real deep. He's like, you know, and I'm like, feels different than you thought, doesn't it? He's like, yeah. He said, it's good, but man, I'm, I'm, he started to feel the pressure of what he's really talking about. But it's good to see that on paper and talk it out through somebody. It literally stretches your mind. It stretches what you think is real and what's important and helps you understand the pressure of growing the business as to what that's really going to look and feel like. So in his case, he was you know, a million dollar, million plus dollar business. And we showed him, I showed him in three years how to get to about a three and a half to four million dollar business. But then it turns into kind of rinse and repeat. Once you kind of say, you know, you're going to hire this many people, you're going to take them through an apprenticeship program. And then in a year, they're going to be running trucks and you're going to be backfilling all those positions with new apprentices. You're going to come through most apprentices will make it, some won't. Then you're going to put them into trucks, and you're going to backfill, and you have to move up marketing to a percentage. You're going to have to be doing this and that in marketing to make sure you have enough phone calls. And you know, there's just a process to growing it, and then you can just rinse and repeat. And he started to see that it takes a few years, three to five years, to really get into a mold of of how you grow a business. But I promise you, in any business, you can learn to do it. The hardest thing is leadership, leading the people, leading these big groups of people, and you have to become a better and better leader, or you get stuck, or you get frustrated so bad that you don't want employees at all anymore. You can't take it. You don't like growing a business, and you don't do it. You know, growing a business is not for everybody. You know, in this podcast is about leadership and how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up, as it says every podcast. Well, you've got to go through the fire. You've got to go through the, you know, the hard times. I got a letter not too long ago from a person who was desperate. They, um, husband had been hurt and, um, you know, he was the main breadwinner. Um, they had some employees that were worried about how, you know, if they were going to stay busy it's in the middle of winter. 
and really scared. You know, there's times and, and, and I told him, I said, hey, you just have to go through the fire. This is part of the deal. You don't get a pass. You can't read enough books or talk to enough people to not have to go through the fire, which is in this case, you're vulnerable with the main person uh, that makes the money getting hurt or getting sick. And now the business is down for the count. Secondly, you don't have a marketing plan in place that keeps the phones ringing um, even in the slower times. So um, it was a great conversation with them. I think uh, I helped them with some ideas of, you know, of, of how they could do some of their own marketing, how they could actually kind of reach back into all their open estimates that they had been providing uh, and reach back in there and dig some, dig through those and make some phone calls and make some specials and some offers and see if they can drum up a bunch of business. And I, I feel confident that that's what they did. But when I talked to them, he was, um, you know, he was hurt. And I said, man, if you're hurt, Get on that phone. You need to be dialing every day. You need to get on that phone and be dialing because the customers would love to hear from the owner. Um, and if you, even if you said, "Hey, I've had an accident. I'm calling you because I'm I'm laid up," but good, you know, good for you as a customer. Uh, we're having a, a winter special on repairs, and we are, you know, my bad luck is your good luck, or something like that. You know, just make fun of it, have fun with it. Use it to your advantage. You know, your whatever your biggest disadvantage out there is happening to you, it probably can be your advantage in another way. For instance, let's just say you're a one-person operation, and a lot of your competition is a lot bigger than you. You could use that to your advantage. Hey, I'm a small operation. I'm a one-man, so you know when you're dealing with me, you're getting the owner. For me, I'm a bigger operation in the chimney world, and I can say, hey, the advantage is I'm not doing the work. You, I'm good at some things, but my technicians are specialists in this and they're actually better than me at it. And I've got a lot of them and I can get to you quickly. So whatever your advantage or disadvantage is, you can flip it to be a thing that you use. Uh, and that's exactly how I would do it. Because some people want the owner to do all the work. Some people do not. Some people understand the value of a of a bigger business and how you can service people better. So both have advantages to the right customer. You just have to find that customer that wants the way you do it or sell them on the way you do it. Not by bad mouthing any other customers or any other businesses, but by showing this is how we do it and get people to, you know, buy that. I'm going to finish today's podcast on, on a dumb is real and it's becoming more and more timely, I think. And we need to think of this as business owners. My dumb is real is if you have a business, do not be political on your Facebook and on your social media sites. Don't don't bring politics into your business. If you want to alienate fifty percent of your customers and just say, "Hey, I don't want to, I don't want you," do politics on your Facebook site, even on your personal site. Now, I, I I understand you know being passionate about something one way or another, but I'm telling you, it is a dumb it is a dumb mistake to play politics at all on social media uh, if you have a business. There's no need for it. There's no call for it. People's money on both sides of the, uh, of the spectrum need, um, 
need your services. And, uh, you know, there's things that are very right and very wrong with both uh, sides of the aisle. And it's not Again, as a business person, I don't want to play that game. In my personal life, sure, I have beliefs, but um, and I will talk to my friends about them. But in business, there's no place for it. There's no room for it, and there's it really will not help you at all. So, dumb is real. We're moving into a more and more political time. Keep it off your Facebook. Keep it off your social media sites. When you talk business, let's just talk business. Let's all help each other get better. You know, when we talk to each other for real outside of social media, we're a lot more alike than we realize. We have a lot more beliefs. And no one that I've ever run into is as bad as the media wants to make them on either side of the of the political spectrum. Either side is not extreme. Of course, there are some extremes, but in general... You know, 80, 90% of the people have some very similar beliefs to you in some ways, and some of them are slightly one side or the other. So let's not hate on each other. Let's not beat each other up. There's no point into it. Nobody's going to change their mind on social media. Just run your game. Try to find the good in people. Praise people. Cheer them on. And uh, that's my dumb is real for the day. Guys, that's my time. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.